Thank you, Idea Jen, for having us. I'm so excited to share the stories of my good friends, Mariana Boisezan, as well as Bjorn Oeste. And we are going to talk about what we did yesterday at the Global Green Inclusive Innovation Summit at the United Nations. Mariana, do you want to share what, what happened yesterday and, and your work? Well, for me, it's extremely important um, to support uh, one of the most neglected group in our society, namely young entrepreneurs, uh, men and women alike, who, in my view, don't get the funding needed in order to make their dreams come true and uh, come up with the right answers to the many global issues that we have uh, because we don't listen to them. So those of us who have participated in the past in creating the global issues that we currently have from financial crisis, economic crisis, climate crisis, uh, inequality, uh, and so on, raising uh, polarization, um, these, are, these are global issues. It's a meta crisis. And uh, we don't listen to those who actually, uh, you know, have are smart and know better often than the older generation. And this is why I am here. Uh, to help particularly uh, women who are very good at networking with one another and engaging men and women alike uh, across all industries uh, in addressing the grand global challenges. And um, because the planet doesn't give us uh, much time you know, to uh, fix the issues that we have. We have uh, scientifically proven nine planetary boundaries, which define the uh, operating system of the planet, a safe operating system of the planet. And we have left uh, five of those safe operating system areas. And so that's why I'm here. I think we need to aggregate the necessary capital to support those who um, have the answers, who have to develop the answers. And it's, it's, uh, it's actually a lot of fun to really engage with uh, with the young generation, uh, women and men alike, uh, to address those issues. And so I'm very proud and grateful to be here uh, in this amazing circle. Of and so I'm so excited that Bjorn, you had just invested, um, you know, after you took public Oatly, and now you have your new venture, but you just invested in a woman-owned vertical farms, uh, vertical farms with Nona, right? That's right, yeah, vertical harvest based out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah, so my life has been in the food industry for the last food tech in the last 25 plus years now. And I'm very happy to be in a position today where I can help, to your point, right? Some of the Gen Zs and other young or, you know, uh, entrepreneurs in the food industry, female, minority led. Uh, and I think, um, as I was talking about at the conference yesterday, I think in the food space today, there, I just don't see an end to all the opportunities that are at hand now. And again, to your point, but there is an urgent need for innovation in the food and ag tech space. We have only one planet and we're doing a good job at ruining it very rapidly. Um, so uh, I think uh, having been fortunate to be part of a journey like Oatly and now I'm building a new food company where we are trying to address uh, another issue. We don't have only just the, the planetary, but we have actually it's also about the health of people and uh, the little food we produce. We seem to do a pretty bad job of doing healthy food. So we're actually literally eating ourselves to death here by eating the wrong kind of food. 
So there's another area of health, planetary health, human health, and, and, and to address, for example, in our case, diabetes and the metabolic issues. And you can do that with smart food that's desirable, tasty, um, and functional, uh, that works the way you expect food to work. In this context, I was very happy to be able to, to lead an investment in, in uh, Nona Diaz's uh, vertical harvest. She's an architect that turned, she calls herself a farmer, she's really not. She's a society builder, she's a community builder, she's an educator, and she's absolutely a total role model for, for female entrepreneurship in, in, in the food space. So a lot of work to do. I'm happy I can be a little part of it and contribute a little bit in the corner, but uh, it's, it's uh, you said something, it's fun, right? It really is fun. It's, 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 a, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege, um, an opportunity and, and much needed. So Mariana, I'm so glad you brought, we have this book. Mariana wrote this book, what was it, a year ago or two years ago it was published. And we talked about how the transformation is feasible. There's only one path left to a sustainable 2050 where we will have enough resources where five, 9 billion people can live well within the limits of the planet by 2050. Um, those five uh, priority sectors is around women, or not women, but um, clean energy, sustainable food, inequality, um, as well as um, the taxation of uh, changing the development models. Can you share, you know, we have, you were on a panel, um, um, how do you scale women in uh, clean energy slash infrastructure and buildings? Because you talked about the connectivity between buildings and agriculture. So could you share some of that? I am only supporting agriculture. Um, I'm a computer scientist by education, so I'm uh, only uh, helping to build the infrastructure where data can be used to support agriculture with data coming from space um, and other sources. So from my perspective, uh, I think we need to think across industries. And uh, so as a computer scientist and somebody who is actually looking at technology um, and to leverage what I call, uh, well, actually Ray Kurzweil calls the law of accelerated returns, uh, where we um, see how technology is making everything cheaper and more affordable and uh, helps democratizing the society by allowing uh, expensive tools, what used to be outreachable, uh, not reachable in the past, to a larger uh, population, uh, such as uh, agriculture and farmers um, across Africa and um, more um, deprived parts of the society. So, and from my perspective, um, creating sustainability starts also with construction. For instance, in my case, I'm um, uh, my husband actually identified uh, a technology to uh, build data centers with using water cooling instead of air. And uh, as we all know, and I learned yesterday that it's actually 40% of the CO2 emission that comes from, uh, uh, from construction, um, mm -hmm. you know, be it aluminum, metal, steel, and, um, and, uh, and cement. Uh, so you can save while building uh, data centers that are actually um, mushrooming right now, of yes. course, because we need to move uh, to an uh, to the next era of human civilization, where uh, we use instead of fossil fuel, fuels, we use photons 
you know, to create energy. We use uh, uh, cells and molecules to build food instead of raising animals to kill them, to eat them. Uh, so I'm sure in future generations, they will look back and think what we've done. So from my perspective, I am using my little contribution from a, uh, from a technology perspective uh, in building uh, the infrastructure like data centers, um, you know, sustainable data centers. As we speak, um, the company that uh, I co-created and invested in is building the largest sustainable uh, data center for Google in Germany, which is a little contribution in if you build instead of building a traditional uh, construction like a regular data center that cools with air that needs a lot of circulation, you're now using water to have a more efficient uh, uh, cooling, you are you need uh, like up to 50% less construction materials, and also the maintenance is 50% is less. And imagine fueling, providing the energy from water or uh, solar, then you have a self-sustaining data center, which is actually uh, where we all need to go in order to build the future. So and can you use that water to heat the greenhouse? That's exactly oh, yeah. what, you know, that's the circular economy yeah. that we're looking at. Exactly. Um, and so, but the reason why this is so important what you're doing Tess and thank you for inviting us is we need to raise the awareness people don't think in these terms mm -hmm. yeah. they don't build you know put two and two together and see how they can build a circular way of mm -hmm. um, you know yeah absolutely we look into this but it took us I must admit uh, with uh, NDC data center in Germany it took us like four or five years to finally get Google to say, yeah, I want this. Uh, so it, it, it's this mind shift that uh, needs to occur and uh, which uh, which makes me be very grateful to Ideagen for hosting us in NASDAQ. Thank you for taking the word out. I mean, and it's so important that, you know, there has been a big push from the governments to make sure that the, the populations that have been harmed by COVID get directed the funds. Um, so, so how do you suggest as our last uh, comments is how do you think that women-owned businesses can can thrive in these in these two sectors? One is you know within the data, within the technology side, as well as in the agriculture. I'm actually pretty uh, uh, positive, uh, particularly in the food and food tech ag tech industry. First of all, most of the scientists that actually represent innovation in, in, in this particular tech space are de facto women. Mm -hmm. If you look at most of the nutritionists that come out of colleges and universities are women. What we lack is women leaders, but we are seeing good examples, right? And, and given that the most of the innovation is coming from, from women scientists, I think it comes up on people like us, like me, like you and others to, to help support these women to actually take the step to, to be the leaders and, and, and runners of the new technology and build their own companies around it, right? And I think we see a lot of that happening. So, okay. I mean, Nona is just one good example, but there are many, many. But it's a cultural change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I grew up in communist Romania and uh, one thing about communism, is, which is the commune, it's about us collectively. Nobody told me that as a woman, I'm not supposed to be good in math. Yeah. Until I, at age 16, I went to Germany and people looked at me, well, you know, you're a woman, you know, physics and math is, it's just it's ridiculous. So I think events like this are extremely important to really raise the awareness that, yeah, because I'm a woman, I'm not less than, and you can follow your heart. And I really think that when you say that the scientists and the discoveries and the innovations coming from women, 
what we lack is how do you monetize that? How can women monetize it? And I think that's a step in the resource that if IdeaGen, everyone who can contribute to supporting women to take that next step or to embrace it because it's that's when you're going to get gender equality. I just wanted to close that our, um, I think Goldman Sachs says it'll take $56 trillion of investment for the world to achieve a net zero future. Wouldn't it be awesome if for our quality, Mushad, that 30% of that 50, $56 trillion actually gets directed for women-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses? So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Idea Jen, for letting us, uh, giving us this opportunity.